This podcast is made by Awesome Panda Productions. Find out more at awesomepandauk.com. Hello and welcome to the RG10 podcast, brought to you by the people behind RG10 magazine. The aim is to bring you interviews, information and entertainment. In fact, anything interesting that's relevant to living around here. It's the second week of July. On a Wednesday at about 11pm, RG tenors start hearing banging sounds. Social media pages and WhatsApp groups are twitching, demanding to know where the noise is coming from. Well, the banging is in fact fireworks, and they signify the end of the night's action at the Henley Festival. As you probably know, the not-for-profit event runs from Wednesday to Sunday, and not only does it feature top musicians and comedians from across the world, but also an eclectic mix of acts that give the festival a unique flavour. All this and the dress code is strictly black tie. Think James Bond that goes to Glastonbury. As with so many events, this year's festival was cancelled because of COVID-19. But those artists who were meant to be appearing will now be performing in 2021 instead. I've been speaking to Stuart Collins, Henley's artistic director and the man behind booking all of the acts. Stuart, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. First of all, tell me a bit about yourself, a bit about your background. How did you end up here? I started off uh, in in the music profession as a singer, lots of cabaret, uh, but also the West End, also um, in opera. So right right across the board. So in a funny sort of way, quite a good training for being uh, a, a director of a festival because I, I knew the, the system right across the different genres. Uh, literally within a year of having stopped singing, um, the, the job of the Handley Festival appeared in the jobs pages of, of the national newspapers. And having performed at the festival uh, when I was uh, as a singer, uh, I thought, oh, look, that's a really, really beautiful event. Um, this is something I'm quite interested in. So uh, let's, let's have a go at it. And amazingly enough, I, I got the job. Now, Stuart, you appeared on what is said to be the worst show ever to be screened on British TV. It was broadcast on the 19th of June, 1987. And I'm sure everyone can remember where they were when they turned off the television after trying to watch It's a Royal Knockout. Tell me a bit about the experience. (laughs) At the time, you were very, very well aware that it was absolutely dreadful. And for those who don't know, it was uh, It's a Knockout but organised by Prince Edward and various members of the royal family. Exactly. So I think the BBC must have thought just by the fact that Prince Edward and Princess Anne and various members of the, of the royal family were involved and that somehow having, by those, having those people involved in the programme, that it would make a great programme. But actually, it was the most stunning fail uh, ever and uh, you know it had no energy it had no joy it was embarrassing in a funny way did being involved in something like this actually help you out kind of make you realize what you don't want to produce when it comes to being a festival director it's funny uh, I, I cannot tell you how much i learned in general from from being a performer because uh, you you just know you learn very many things being a performer you have to be confident that you're entertaining an audience and that therefore what you're putting in front of them is quality and of interest and, and the other thing also really helped me with was the fact that as a performer 
uh, I became very, very aware of the people who were booking me. You know whether you know whether the organisation was well run, whether it was well publicised, whether you know they looked into the details, whether the, the fine tuning of the events was of a standard. And to be perfectly honest, those were the kind of skills that I was able to take into directing festivals. Okay, then Henley Festival itself, putting on a big event like that, what are the challenges? The biggest challenge, actually, of Henley Festival. And this has changed over the years because the festival's changed. But we now obviously put on our main stage, our floating stage, very seriously sort of well-known rock and pop artists. And it's a very, very complex and harsh world to work in. In the UK, there are literally hundreds of other festivals uh, who are looking to book the same kind of artists and almost invariably with much bigger budgets because you know when you've got 175,000 people buying tickets as opposed to six and a half thousand people which we have at Henley it gives you a lot more money and a lot more clout. There must be other ways that you can persuade artists to come and appear at Henley Festival. No you're absolutely right I mean <clears throat> the one thing anyone who's ever been to Henley Festival will know is it is a really beautiful event it's a really well-organized event and unlike a lot of festivals you're not risking being in muddy fields uh, you're actually in a very very beautiful part of the world very well looked after with a very very, very civilized audience it's lovely to see the artists when they arrive actually i'll never forget uh, this isn't name dropping it's just a great example but i remember chatting to sting when he arrived a few years ago um, on site, you know, before the concert, and he literally walked around the site, you know, when it was empty, because he had never seen a site. You know, we had the sculpture, we had the art galleries, all of the lawns are so beautiful. Uh, just the whole thing is such a lovely setup, and he, he just, said, you know, I've never been to anything like this. Now, as the person who books the acts, I presume you're having an awful lot of contact with um, the act's agents. What's that like? Are they particularly difficult? I presume you have to build up a really good relationship with these people. When you're talking rock and roll, where the sums of money involved are very large, they are very, very sort of hard businessmen. And actually, the process of booking rock and roll artists is completely different to pretty much any other sphere that uh, you have to make an offer it's a bit like a silent auction you, you have to work out what their price is going to be uh, and what you can afford and you put that in you'll never know if you've paid over the odds which obviously you hope you were whereas with pretty much every other sector i'm thinking we, that we work with whether that's sort of comedy uh, world music jazz you know um, theater street theater children's entertainment um, you you phone them up and say i'd like to book so and so um, how much are they and they'll come back and say you know two thousand pounds You'll say, okay, I can't afford that. We'll accept 1750. Yes, we will. There you go. Um, it's just, it's a very difficult exercise. But the one thing that is common, and as your question suggests, the relationship with the agents is really important. And I'm proud to say that, you know, people tend to think quite highly of, of the way we do things. Something you hear an awful lot about in uh, the rock and pop, the music world, are people with specific riders, people who want specific things backstage. Does that happen at Henley Festival? Are you able to uh, give us a bit of an insight into that? You don't have to name any names. It's one of the moments that uh, 
you both dread and can't can't wait to see because some of these things are as crazy as you would expect. My least favorite artist of all time, and I'll give you for free that she was an American artist, had a very significant rider, which included, um, I think it was two bottles of crystal champagne, which of course is, it costs something like 275 pounds a bottle. Uh, in this instance, the lady didn't even go into the dressing room. She literally sent her uh, uh, lackeys into it, and they swept everything off the table, it, booze, food included, into a couple of plastic bags, put them in the back of the limousine, and drove off. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, that was just about the rockest bottom you can get in terms of the way you think about an artist. So, um, you know, that's the worst. But, you know, they, these things can really add up in costs. You know, it, they will want lots of wine, good quality wine. Some of them will want champagne, very complicated dietary stuff as well, very fatty. And it, it, it keeps two of our staff employed throughout the festival week, just complying with riders. Finally then, Stuart, next year, when the floating stage is being erected and they stumble across a chest of treasure left there by a pirate ship that floated up the Thames. It contains untold jewels and wealth that now belongs to the artistic director of the Henley Festival, but he has to spend it on an act, his dream act. Stuart, that's a very long way round of asking you if you had X amount of money, who would you be getting to appear at the Henley Festival? I think it would be one of uh, Rod Stewart, Stevie Wonder, or Andrea Bocelli. They're all way out of our price range. They're all absolute musical heroes. Oh, and Pink Floyd, I'd have to add to that, except they don't work together anymore. I don't tend to book things that I like, I tend to book things that I know the audience will like. But So what you've got there in those four are a mixture. I would like Pink Floyd. The audience would like all of them. But those are my four absolute sort of uh, if onlys. We'll know then that if any of those get booked in a couple of years' time, that you've come into an awful lot of money. Stuart Collins, Artistic Director of the Henley Festival, thank you very much. Great pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to the RG10 podcast. It'd be great if you could share this with others who you think may find it interesting, even those who've never even heard of the podcasting phenomenon. At the moment, it's just another way that we can all stay connected. If you do have any thoughts about who or what we can include in future episodes, then please do let us know via the rg10mag.com website or maybe in the comments section on Apple or SoundCloud. Once again, thanks for listening and goodbye.